guys, this is your host, Lori Hartsock. Welcome to Strengthened by Grace. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me um, today. I hope this message blesses you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing what you want to do. Say what you want to say. God, I thank you, Father, for helping me to speak and love. And I thank you, Father God, for opening up the hearts, the minds, and the ears of the listeners, Father. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you allow this word to penetrate their hearts, Father, in Jesus' name, that they would be receptive to what we are doing, Father, as we are either planting or watering, Father, in Jesus' name. So thank you once again for joining me. I wanted to talk to you guys today about belonging and what does belonging mean and what, how is it expressed? So last week we talked about being authentic and remember the Holy Spirit said to me, incongruent lives leads to exhaustion. So God is leading us to be the same person in publicly and privately, that we would be people that are authentic that are living in integrity, that we are not putting on masks, that we are not faking who we are, but that we are who we are by the grace of God. Now, during this process, the Holy Spirit said to me, belonging and fitting in. Now, in some of the research that I did, um, researchers have found out that Uh, or gave a definition that fitting in is assessing and assimilating. So we are assessing and assimilating what we have to do, how we need to change, keyword change, how we need to change to fit into this particular place or group, right? Where belonging is, I'm first going to belong to myself. I'm speaking my truth in God. I'm telling my story. I'm not hiding from my story. I'm telling my story. And in a, and we will go over that later, but um, never betray myself for other people. So I'm not going to change who I am to make others feel comfortable or to fit in. True belonging doesn't require me to change who I am. It requires me to be who I am. I'm going to repeat it again because that's really good. True belonging doesn't require me to change who I am. It requires me to be who I am. And so in the Webster Dictionary, we see that belonging is a human need. And we see it also with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, where our human needs, like there is human needs that we have, like shelter, food, water, that a sense of belonging is actually equivalent of us needing food and water. I thought that was crazy too. I was like, what? So we have like, you know, um, spiritual needs, psychological needs, social needs. And I think about how like, oh my gosh, like the fact that Jesus, you know, um, you, I, I'm really into research, so I'm definitely a bookworm. I love reading. I probably have more books than shoes. And so the fact that like God created research, right? And that the researchers are just discovering right now what the wisdom of God is blows my mind. And so I think about how belonging 
is a human need and we even see it in first corinthians 12 and uh, excuse me first corinthians uh, 12 18 through 20 where it says but now as things really are as things really are god has placed and arranged the parts in the body each one of them just as he willed and saw fit with the best balance and a function if they were all if they were all a single organ where would the rest of the body be but now as things really are there are many parts different limbs and organs but a single body and so i look at how we are a part in the body of christ we are a member of the body of christ and what is the definition in webster's dictionary of belonging is either a member or a part it is acceptance and oh my gosh, like this to me is like 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 20, that the fact that we would accept the part that God has given us, that we would know that we belong to God, that we are, we belong to the, the family in the kingdom, right? And that belonging has to do with connection and it's not transactional. So we think about, I, I made a podcast a couple of weeks ago where I talked about the purpose in our life, the, the foundation of our life of purpose. It's not this big thing of what I'm doing, but it's who I'm becoming. And my purpose is to have connection with the Father, that I would connect my heart to His heart and His heart to my heart, that there be a constant abiding and dwelling in Him, right? And we see it in John 15 where there is a he is the vine I am the branch that I am constantly being one with him there is oneness in who we are and I think about like oh my gosh throughout my life I like I talked last week I felt alienated in a sense because I didn't feel like I belonged with the Hispanics, right? With the Mexican girls where I grew up in San Diego. But I didn't feel like I belonged with the white girls either, right? And so there was almost a sense of feeling alienated. And then I thought and Holy Spirit said, Lori, that's been an issue for you because you've tried to belong and fit into people and places, but you haven't belonged to yourself first. Wow. I... That was just a mind blower and a revolution to how I see who I am in God and how I see myself. Like I've had all these years, I've tried to fit in and belong to people in places, but I haven't fully belonged to myself first. That just gives me the chills. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so then the Holy Spirit leads me to the scripture in, um, and I don't know where I, I had it, but um, but it talks about how we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, like the fact that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And that's when he gave me the image of belonging. That's what I thought about. I thought about how we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I've been like my spiritual being has been trying to go outside of the temple who God created me to be. 
And then it says, you know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and I belong to him. I belong to him. When we get that in our minds that we belong to God and that we belong in the temple that he created us to be, that is where we can begin as women of God to live out of I am enough. In this moment, in this time, I am enough. Not when I have the money, not when I have the career, not when I have the influence, not when I have the husband, not when I have the children, not when I have you name it. But right now, I am enough. Like that we don't have to perform or perfect, but in this moment, I am enough. And that is a human need that we see in the research world where we have a human need for belonging. But how many of us try to fit in, try to belong to other people and places to fill that void when God is saying, "Uh uh-uh come back to yourself. Come back and belong in the temple of who I created you to be and belong in the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now, um, like I said, belonging is not about the people or places and that is fitting in. So God did not create us to fit in because we are, we're going to live in this world, but we are not of the world, right? Where fitting in is basically you have to change yourself to belong to this people or place. And belonging is our hearts cry, our human need to be, this is who I am. I am enough. I am a daughter of God. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I am enough right now. And that is true belonging in the kingdom of God, that we are living congruent lives publicly and privately. Now, when we Uh, have a sense of not belonging that's where depression that's where anxiety social anxiety um, hopelessness loneliness suicidal thoughts come into place when you don't feel like you belong you feel isolated alone and then you begin to become a victim of your own circumstances give you an example when I was 16 years old I tried to commit suicide I've tried to commit suicide Uh, twice and every time I would say like nobody understands me like I'm all alone and I didn't know Jesus then right but God saved me and I think about how we um Even in the senior population, I see that a lot of the seniors, the number one cause of the senior population in the United States is loneliness. And and this is mind-blowing to me because we are so connected socially, but yet people still feel lonely. And why do they feel lonely? I, I mean, in the spiritual realm, I feel like they feel lonely because we as society have been so independent to be independent to do you boo right when in reality it's like no we were created for connection we were created to connect with our heavenly father so then hence we would be able to connect with others we are created a human need scientifically and spiritually is for human connection now when I talk about, you know, owning your story, what Holy Spirit revealed to me about that, it's, it's not about, um, there's a scientific um, expression and it's epigenetics. And usually it's you, are you one of us or are you one of them? There is a threat type of um, 
It's like who is in our group or who is against us, right? So when we own our story, there is an essence of uh, think about like primal time or um, scavenging time where, you know, uh, you'd have like uh, Stone Age and stuff like that or the Native Americans. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Native Americans, you know, if you were not in their tribe, they would see you as a threat. So there is an epigenetics. There's like a subconscious belief that if you do not look like me, act like me, you are a threat to me. And then I even think about it right now in the social system where, you know, um, we have like biases, we have white supremacy, we have, and even sadly enough, I even see it in the Hispanic culture. I was telling someone about how it hurts my heart that in Texas, I see a lot of segregation and I see a lot of segregation when it comes to even a pyramid in the Hispanic community. Whereas in California, we were very united. It didn't matter if you were from El Salvador, Colombia, um, Nicaragua, like Me uh, Mexico, like it didn't matter. We were all Hispanics. We were all there for one another. But here in Texas, I have learned that First, you have on top of the pyramid, you have the Tex-Mex. Then you have the Mexicans. Then you have the people from Southern America. And that breaks my heart. And I've had a lot of um, instances where, you know, I may not look Mexican and I, whatever that means. And I may not look, well, to other Hispanics because to white people, I'm sure I look Mexican. But um so with other Hispanics, they have said, you know, I had to, during social work, I would ask them like, are you Hispanic? And they said, yes, I'm Hispanic. And then I would have to do a thing about like, are you Mexican? Are you, you know, from Honduras or where are you from? And they would say to me very harshly, I'm not a Mexican. I was born here. I'm, I'm a Tex-Mex. And then I'm like, okay, like I understand that. So I, it was just a question that I needed to respond in this uh questionnaire that we had to do for the food bank and so they're like you know we are not I'm not a Mexican I'm not them I'm not like them and then I you know I would respond with okay ma'am I'm Mexican I'm now helping you so please be careful about saying them because we are all united you know, I was born in Mexico, I'm Mexican, and she would say, you don't look, you don't have an accent, you don't look like a Mexican. I said, exactly. You never know who you're talking to on the other side of the table. And when we are not fully able to accept our stories, what do I mean by that? I mean about our imperfections, you know, where the world cries out for us to be perfect and be perfect. God is actually asking us to look at our imperfections and say, your grace is enough for me. When we aren't able to accept those places in us where they hurt us, where we try to hide or run away from, we are not able to fully come into the knowledge of our story. Then it becomes a, a them versus me. It becomes a uh, detachment. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It becomes a detachment that we do from ourselves to other people. And why is that important? That is important because I think about 
receiving Jesus. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came that we would be saved from our sin. He took on sin for us because we were sinful people from the fall of Adam and Eve. If we are not able to accept our imperfections in our story, then what do we do? right? We alienate ourselves and we create this detachment from them versus me. The reason Jesus came was to save humanity and our imperfections is actually what creates connection for all of us of humanity. That is where true compassion and empathy is able to take place. Okay. Now I think about, um, you know, people are, are easily, easily able to say like, oh, I have compassion or I have empathy. But I think about, you know, one of the biggest things for me is my kiddos and my husband, right? I just, I, I want to love them so fully, fearlessly. And I see how God has gifted me them in my life. I see them as gifts. And I think about, um, how, in one of the research, it said, if you haven't fully belonged to yourself and loved yourself, the capacity of which you love yourself is the capacity in which you will love those around you. I thought that was mind blowing. If we are not fully in a journey of loving who God created us to be, we cannot love those around us. If we, let's say for instance, let's just put a number. If we are loving ourselves at a 50%, we will only love those around us 50%. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to love my family, my friends, the community that God places me in 100% wholeheartedly without fear, right? And how do we do that? It first starts with belonging to ourselves. It's first accepting that we are imperfect people. We're going to fall short, that we would stop uh, thinking that they are against us and start thinking they're just doing the best that they can right? And I think about forgiveness. I mean, that's one of the big things is in a sense um, that we would, ab- um, I'm going to give you a story and I thought it was so profound. So in Mother's Day, Nate asked me, what do you want to do? And I'm no Mother Teresa, okay? I just, I don't know. I felt inspired um, to do something out of the ordinary for Mother's Day. And I thought about how there's a lot of women out there in the streets who feel a lot of guilt, a lot of shame during Mother's Mother's Day because they've had their children be removed from them, right? And what better way to demonstrate the love of God during a time where other people are celebrating that we could go out there and show love to them. And so, you know, uh, we went out downtown San Antonio and stuff and we did evangelism, just gave snacks. It was me, Nate, and the boys. And I take the boys because I think like, you know, get out of your norm and see what life is truly about. Like not everybody lives like you, has what you have. Like look at their suffering and never forget to extend a hand for others. Like we are practicing love in action. And I don't believe that love, uh, like even Nate said to me when we first got married, he said, love is not a feeling. Love is an action. And he's right because what did God do? He died for us. 
the God showed his love for us because he died for our sins that we would not be condemned. And I think about, you know, extending love for others, but we need to first extend love to ourselves. And so during our evangelism, um, one of the, there was three black women, uh, two black women and a male. And, um, you know, we, I just felt so much love for them and they were so grateful. And they were like, we had been praying and asking God to send us something to drink. And here we are, right? There's no such things as coincidence. And so Nate asked the man, um, he's like, what do you want me to pray for? And he said, forgiveness. And I thought about that, like forgiveness, the, the power of forgiveness that um, I think sometimes we want others to forgive to ask us for forgiveness, right? But there is a sense that we haven't fully forgiven ourselves for the things that we have done. And the Holy Spirit had said to me earlier, you know, Lori, like you need to forgive yourself for the things that you did in your past. I mean, I think about things that I'm not proud of, right? And um, and it's sometimes we hold on to those things and... Um, and we are not able to forgive ourselves. And so because we are not able to forgive ourselves, we are not able to forgive others. And and so, yeah, I just thought that was so important for like, man, like you can't fully belong to yourself if you haven't first seen you are imperfect, Lori. Like you are not perfect that and that is okay that you are not perfect because you have come into an awakening that I am in need of a savior, right? That my imperfections, I am able to see my imperfections and in the midst of that say, but his grace is enough for me. I need Jesus in my life that I would humble myself and say like, I need you, Lord. I need you right now, Jesus. I can't do this without you. I mean, who are we fooling ourselves? You know, like we, we need God in our lives. Like that's what brings life and meaning and purpose and blessings upon our lives that we would no longer live in fear, but in love, dwelling in the love of who we are in him, making spaces for us to allow God to first love us so that we can love others, that he would begin to teach us how to love ourselves so that we can love our neighbor, that we do not see them as threats, that we see them through the eyes of love, that we do not see them as society wants to see them. Are you are you in our group or are you out of our group? But that we see each other, that we, our connection to one another is that we are humans our humanity, the humanity of Jesus. I mean, I think about it in a more deeper way. The fact that God, Holy Spirit became man. He took on humanity. He humbled himself and became a human. Man, that just brings me to tears. And so I challenge you to activate this. So a a love step was to see the people around you, to ask and begin to pray God, to be able to belong to yourself, to be able to say, to come and be like, man, I've been trying to fit in in this person, in this place, in these places with these people, but I haven't first belonged to myself. So have a conscious um, knowledge of like, 
I haven't even belonged to myself. I'm like trying to run outside of myself. I'm trying to run away from myself when God is asking us to run into ourselves so that we can know who we are, that I am what I am by the grace of God. And and it's becoming more that we don't have to change. It's the love of God that changes us. That, you know, it's that I can just shed away what I'm not so that I can continue to be who I am in Christ Jesus. So an action step for belonging is, um, I was reading this um, passage and I thought it was so powerful where it says, um, belonging and creating belonging is an invitation for each of us to see the people around us, to ask honest questions, ones that show we're paying attention, to listen, to celebrate the person in front of us, right? And it's really asking, not running away, but leaning into the discomfort, leaning into um, to who God is asking you to be in that moment. You know, so many of us numb ourselves or run away when God is asking us to lean into the discomfort, to show up who we truly are in that moment at that time. And to forgive ourselves for our shortcomings. Because if Jesus forgave us, we can also forgive ourselves. And what an awesome invitation that God is leaning us more to belong to who we are in Him. That, you know, we would stop ourselves from trying to fit into these people or places, but that we first would belong to ourselves. So I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that in this moment, we are yours and you are ours. That in this moment, we are enough, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for allowing Allowing us to sense in our mind, body, soul, and spirit, Jesus, that we would sense a, an enoughness, that we are sufficient, Jesus, that in our weaknesses, you are our strength, God. That we, that your grace is enough for us, Jesus. That we see others not as threats, but as connection, as human connection. That we can celebrate others' achievements through an honest uh, essence of love, God. That we can celebrate others, God, and be there for others, Jesus. That we would begin to have a sense of love for ourselves so that we can love others to the fullest capacity that you have given us. Jesus, to the measure by which you want us to love others, God, that we would love ourselves, God. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I bind the spirit of self-hatred in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit that hates what who we have become or what we are doing. God, I bind that spirit in Jesus' name. And I just welcome acceptance, God, that you created us, that we are wonderfully and beautifully made, that we are accepted, chosen in priesthood, God, that we are royalty, God, that we are your sons and daughters of God. I thank you, Jesus, for the light of God that exposes darkness, God, that we are able to accept our imperfections, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for a newness, a shedding, God, 
I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for penetrating those places in our heart where we have hardened our hearts, Jesus. I thank you, God, for almost a relief of forgiveness, Jesus, a relief that, yes, I can forgive myself and I can forgive others, Jesus, that we would no longer live out of being victims, but we would live out of victory, out of that place that we are enough, that we are chosen, God, that we are called God, I thank you, Jesus, that we are your sons and daughters of God, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that we can come into a journey of liking who you created us to be, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.